Don't Punt to Geo, a football podcast on the Tar Heel Blog Podcast, hosted by the SB Nation Podcast Network. How many times can one say podcast in a sentence? My name is Chad Floyd. I am joined tonight by Akil Garuparan. We were going to have two more guests, and we just uh, did an 11th hour switch. So we are changing topics. Um, Akil, we're going to talk some 2020 football recruiting. Uh, how are you, first of all, good sir? I'm doing all right. I'm doing well. The weather up here. Good to hear. And are you back in uh, Champaign or Urbana? I am, yes. Yep, back in the area. Okay, good deal. Yeah, um, I heard it was a pretty rough weekend just uh, based on watching a couple minutes of uh, Sunday night baseball in Chicago the other night. So if you weren't... (laughs) If you weren't there, then you might have uh, you might have dodged that because it has been glorious here in North Carolina. Yep, I was in North Carolina for the weekend. I just got back here today. Perfect. Well, glad you missed it. Um, yeah, Akil. Since uh, last we spoke, and I believe the last time you joined was the post spring game pod. Um, Carolina's just falling off the map in uh, football recruiting. The heels are down to tenth. Um, Behind some slouches such as Clemson, LSU, Alabama, Miami, Georgia, Florida State, Notre Dame, Florida, and Penn State. Um, I guess we're going to talk about it, but uh, just kind of overall as we start, you know, what what's your impression of the guys that UNC does have committed at this point? Um, you know, kind of where are your class superlatives, who's uh, your most underrated player, favorite player, those kind of things. Uh, let, let's start with the most underrated, and we'll work from there. Um. Most underrated, I think I'm going to have to give to Tylee Kraft, the receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, he just picked up his fourth star from ESPN, and it looks like the other services are behind. But he's six four, and he's a track star, and that's just the kind of combo that comes in a lot of handy in college football, especially with the kind of offense that UNC is going to run. And I think he's going to be a really big player for UNC and possibly beyond. Absolutely. And he was, he's a guy that, um, actually coach Mark Barnes used to coach at Scotland County High School, uh, here in North Carolina. He's his coach down in Sumter, South Carolina. Um, he was pretty pass heavy for a high school coach back when he was at Scotland. Um, I don't know what has necessitated them going more run heavy. I, I mean, probably doesn't have a quarterback who can get craft the ball very often. So he is a guy who's flown under the radar just because I don't really think he's put up the numbers, but. I mean, the measurables are just insane. I mean, think Quinchad Davis, if Quinchad Davis had uh, game-breaking speed as well. You know, he's he's going to be a really exciting player, I think. Yeah, for sure. I'm hoping for a kind of Matt Collins repeat experience. I could go with the Matt Collins uh, experience, except, um, you know, four years where the guy's on scholarship and intentionally yeah. that good. <laughs> um, And as far as... You know, someone who I think is flying under the radar a little bit. Uh, both of the tight ends, really, John Copenhaver and uh, Kendall Carr, I mean, they are top 20 at their position in the country. Uh, both are three stars, but their uh, offer lists are insane. I know uh, Copenhaver, I wrote about this, was Florida, Tennessee, LSU, South Carolina, um, most of, I mean, basically the SEC East, whereas Kendall Carr, he had Auburn, he had I want to say Florida State, um, and a few other schools heavy on him, and say, then some going I north. Say LSU Maybe Michigan. Too. I want to say LSU yeah, too. I think you might be right. Um, I mean, Coach O is just continuing the Les Miles tradition of playing man ball with about eight tight ends, and 
11 offensive linemen. So it's a beautiful thing. Um, but with that being said, you know, I, I didn't really know which one of them to call out. So if I'm going to go with one individual, I think Lamarian James from, uh, Chesapeake, Virginia, uh, UNC is kind of bringing him in as an athlete. I would not be surprised if he ends up on the offensive side of the ball, but he could be dynamic as a uh, cornerback, um, in Jay Bateman's system, I believe. Yeah, he's a lot of fun for sure. I think he could make some noise as a returner as well. Yeah, I mean, basically, Daz Newsom before Daz Newsom was a receiver is kind of the way I see him, and I think this staff's going to be a little bit more balanced in uh, where they put players. So I look forward to seeing James hopefully on the defensive end unless UNC just starts cleaning up in the defensive backfield. <laughs> um, Let's see here. So that's most underrated. Uh, who, who's your favorite player in this class so far? Um, gosh, I think it might be, it might be Ethan West, the linebacker. It's just been a while mm-hmm. since we've seen, like, we've simply seen a really highly rated scholarship linebacker on UNC, and Ethan West, he's a really sure tackler. He's got really good instincts as an inside linebacker, and I think, like, playing up the middle of Jay Bateman's team, where the middle, like, the middle of the field makes all the calls, I think he's gonna do really well. Yeah, and uh what's what's funny is reading some message boards, uh Virginia Tech didn't consider him a take according to message boards. Um yet he had offers from Michigan and LSU among others. So Yeah, I'm not buying I'm not, I'm um, not buying it. Virginia Tech fan. Especially how their recruiting class has gone this year. Yeah, it's uh it, it it's fun to watch him squirm a little bit. Um I'm gonna say my guy is probably Josh Downs, the receiver out of Roswell, Georgia. Uh he is Dre Bly's nephew. Um, his, he is an NC State legacy and he committed to the good guys, but, you know, really I think the only thing holding him back from being a mega recruit is just his size. Um, he's really shown out well in the camps here recently. Um, definitely a guy, you know, and funny that we mentioned Kraft earlier. I mean, two receivers that probably are going to see their rankings, uh, on the move and Downs already ranks as a four star as we speak right now. Yeah, and he's getting some he's getting some attention from other high majors too, isn't he? I think Penn State's working him a lot, so hopefully he remains a Tar Heel. Yeah, I, I yeah, know, he, um, he's, he's a lot of fun to watch. I know there was something uh, from Tennessee as well, but I don't really consider Tennessee a step up from UNC, so you'll have that. <laughs> um, I mean. It's, as far as it goes uh, in the ACC, Clemson is doing something that is just unprecedented. Really, uh, they got—they're they're basically they're basically not recruiting guys unless they expect them to commit on the spot. Um, apparently, Des Evans and Trenton Simpson, UNC's arguably two biggest targets, are not uh, takes for Clemson at the moment. Um, they have the number one recruiting class in the country. Um, the heels just sit behind Miami and Florida State beyond that in the, but all four teams in the top 10. And then Georgia Tech, uh, coming in there at number five, not putting together a bad class under Jeff Collins. So the new blood kind of doing what it does. Um, you know, I- any big surprises from you? You know, Miami's going to get a lot of guys early. Uh, Florida State's going to get theirs. And, Honestly, man, just uh, based on the way uh, Jeff Collins has branded Georgia Tech, I'm not totally surprised that he's uh, done well so far. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't uh, on the lookout for Georgia Tech 
to do as well as they've done, but I guess look like seeing what they did and then looking back, it's not surprising. It's not as surprising, especially with the kind of prime location they've got in Atlanta. I um, that's all I got. I think um, <laughs> seeing NC, I mean, like NC State, I thought would have a little bit better of a start than they've had so far, just based on how they've had a lot of draft success in the past couple of years and their defensive line pipeline's been strong, but it seems like they they missed out on Mohamed Kaba, which was a surprise to me, and they've got essentially just the one big-name recruit in uh, Porter Rook. I thought they'd have a little better start building off the momentum they've had, but so far it's been a little quiet. Well, well Mohamed Kaba, who ended up at South Carolina, that was a sub- a surprise to uh, packpride.com as well because they posted a commitment <laughs> article when he uh, committed to South Carolina. So um, all, all's well in uh, West Raleigh. Um, what I really like seeing, speaking of teams who are struggling a little, little bit, is the aforementioned Virginia Tech Hokies uh, down at 11th in the conference, just ahead of Louisville, Pittsburgh, and Syracuse. Um, all four teams have just three commits, so I guess to give Virginia Tech credit, they have the best three-man class in the ACC right now. Yeah, I don't know how much that helps <laughs> when, yeah, they're going to have to put up numbers. But, you know, Dre Bly is really recruiting the hell out of the Tidewater area, and that's been one of their prime recruiting grounds. So, you know, it, yeah, I, I think these um, emergences has a lot to do with the kind of shakeup in the ACC we're seeing. Absolutely, and I've always thought UNC should be, you know, no worse than probably fourth or fifth in recruiting in the conference, and um, that's right where they are right now. Uh, Miami is liable to lose some guys as the Manny Diaz momentum drops off, and really the same thing could happen for UNC. Um, initially, we were going to talk about what the biggest game on the schedule was uh, with Joe and Jake before they uh, dropped on us, but, um, you know, it, it kind of does raise a point. I mean, UNC has a South Carolina thorn in their side, and they play the Gamecocks week one. But uh the Cox pulled uh, Muhammad Kama. They are in the running for a few other guys that UNC is recruiting. Do you really have any kind of thoughts on an individual game affecting uh, individual recruitments, or do you think that's kind of BS? Uh, I think it could happen. Um I mean – I think, obviously, the precedence goes to the in-state matchup, especially against NC State, because it's the kind of same kind of, we've been competing for so many of the same guys recently, and I think seeing not just who wins, but how the styles match up and how um, what team's more fun to see play against the other one might have a big effect on recruits. And, like, the in-state battle, I think, is the most important one, but I see what you're saying about South Carolina as well, especially seeing how heavily we're pulling from South Carolina with Guys like Tylee Craft and one of the tight ends, is that right? Uh, one of them's from, uh, the Charlotte area and the other one's from Roswell, Georgia. So UNC's still, uh, keeping those Georgia connections open and they've gotten some good players from that area. Uh, Donnie Miles of recent vintage comes to mind, Bug Howard. Uh, but all kind of that North Atlanta area, Roswell to, uh, Buford County, um, or Buford up in that range. I've actually got a buddy whose dad used to coach at Buford. Um, but, oh. uh, but you look at guys like, um, Miles Murphy, four star defensive end. He is apparently a big South Carolina lean. Um, I, I know Moose Muhammad, I, I believe had them on his list as well as 
uh, Jaquarius Conley. Um, he apparently, well, actually that's kind of new information on a premium subscription, but South Carolina is on his short list as well. Um, let's transition. You know, UNC has had some success, obviously, in the passing game here with the three receiver commits, uh, two tight ends, and then a few guys to block for him. They need a quarterback despite the fact that uh, there are three freshman quarterbacks on the roster. So I guess the first question would be, do you really see the need for a quarterback? Um, and then secondly, you know, where are you on the Malik Hornsby versus Jacoby Criswell? Because it seems like a matter of time before one of them pops for UNC. Yeah, I really hope so. Um, I mean, I think it's just good sense to take a quarterback every class. And even though there's three freshmen on the roster, I think Mac Brown's been saying, you know, if there's three freshmen and one of them's not going to be satisfied with being a third stringer for three straight years at the minimum. So you've got to have a contingency plan, I think, and especially with the interest they've got from two guys, both of whom I think are really good prospects. I think it's really, really good sense to take a quarterback in this class. Uh, I will say, uh, out of the two, I prefer Hornsby, both because I think with the three freshmen looking as good as they do right now, you're looking for a more developmental guy than a guy who starts day one, and I think Hornsby's got the bigger upside, and I was just watching some of his highlights the other day, and he just, he's got a level of athleticism that his, that no one on the, on his high school field could match. Like, he was consistently destroying pursuit angles, making really tough throws. Like, I'm just really impressed with him and what he could do with even more development in his body. Yeah, and, and that's against, uh, Texas high schoolers. So, I mean, he's, uh, not really a small time guy, but, um, I think you are right that, you know, he's probably a little bit more developmental. I mean, he has a little bit more, you know, mechanical stuff to iron out, but I mean, at 6'2, 175, he could afford to put on some weight. I mean, he is a true, a true dual threat. Um, his crystal balls are trending towards UNC. And apparently, uh, A&M has, is starting to kind of cool on him. So UNC might get a huge steal. I mean, he's the number five quarterback in his class. That would, that would rank higher than Trubisky, wouldn't it? Uh, Trubisky, I want to say he was 10th in his class as a dual threat. I was going to say somewhere between 8th and 10th. Uh, Sam Howell obviously was, the number two or three in uh last year's class. So, you know, it's not without precedent that UNC can pull in one of these guys, but to pull him from Missouri City, Texas, I mean, just kind of shows you the uh reach that Mac Brown has and really the cachet he still keeps, um, despite not being the head coach at Texas for the past six years. Um I think Hornsby's gonna end up being the guy there. And you know, based on that, uh, um that's that's a pretty good haul on the offense. Um, who, who are some guys you're looking at to take some other spots uh, on the offensive side of the ball? I know they're looking for at least one or two more offensive linemen. Yeah, the uh, class could use definitely a couple more linemen. Uh, I know we're looking uh, like they're still recruiting Moose Muhammad, but you know I think we're he'd be a great add for sure. But we do have a good receiver class already. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, he's, he's kind of what I would classify under a luxury recruit. I mean, we just took four receivers last cycle and, you know, you've only got so many scholarships to give. Um, I, I think the class has 
the just the one running back, right? And Elijah Burris. I think there's room for another there as well. Uh, with the with the group looking a little older at the moment, with Antonio Williams and Michael Carter possibly leaving after this year, and just Javante Williams as a serious contender behind them. Yeah, uh, running back's definitely a need spot. Uh, you know, they could definitely go the grad transfer route after this year. Um, Jordan Brown, grad transferred to Kansas State here recently. Um, I mean, for, for what it's worth, speaking of, uh, recruits out of Texas, uh, the number one recruit in the class for 247, Zachary Evans, is slated to visit UNC sometime this summer. So, I mean, that would be cool. Yeah, but no complaints there. Yeah, and running back is a position where, you know, you can fit a lot more type of guys into that role, just depending on what you're looking for. Um, I do know that UNC has in inroads with, um, with another guy out of Georgia, actually a four star. His name escapes me at the moment, but, uh, he's going to be visiting over the weekend. So, you know, that, that's not really a position that I worry about where I don't like to see, you know, kind of lags in recruiting is on the lines and, I would say, Akil, that is as good a segue as any to talk about some of the biggest recruits that UNC has. The 2020 class uh, for defensive linemen in the state of North Carolina is absurd. Uh, the 2019 was one was as well. Um, a lot of those guys ended up at NC State. But with Desmond Evans, the five-star, just an hour down the road from Chapel Hill in Sanford, with uh, Kedrick Bingley-Jones, the former Florida commit, kind of being, or at least looking like a UNC lean, what qualifies for you as success on defensive line? Um, so I guess they've got three big guys that have been on for a while on the defensive line between Dev Evans, Jacoby Cohen, and Kendrick Bingley-Jones. And there's Miles Murphy as well. Though he said he's been looking for like a South Carolina guy for a while. But if you get one of those, it's got to be Desmond Evans, I think, for the class of these success. And otherwise, I think picking up Two of those guys would make us a really good defensive line class. But Des Evans is just on another level. Like the 16th rated recruit at all positions in the country. And you've got a shot at him. Like that. That's a class. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that that's kind of the impact recruit that you have to get if you're UNC um, under this new regime, in my opinion. Because if you let that guy go out of state, you know, to an Alabama or something or Worse yet, to a South Carolina or a Tennessee, that type of program, you're still looking like a second-rate program, whereas, you know, he could be a program changer. And I drool over having him be able to have, have the freedom in uh, Jay Bateman's 3-4 as an outside linebacker to rush the passer, occasionally drop into coverage. And given that uh, Roy Williams is going to allow him to walk onto the basketball team, maybe uh, be the next Julius Peppers. I don't think he's quite that good, but... He, he he is that yeah. kind of impact recruit just uh, in the recruiting ranking era, whereas, you know, Peppers was before that time. So he's absolutely huge. And then guys like Bingley Jones and uh, Cohen, those are definitely guys you want to bring in as well. I think UNC will end up taking four defensive linemen in some way, shape, or form in this class. I just get the hunch that Bingley Jones is a guy that will end up um, looking UNC's way, and I don't really – get that vibe from Cohen so much. Um, are there any guys outside of the state or on the radar that you know of? I know there's another guy somewhere from the Northeast that was getting some crystal balls to UNC last week, but um, 
I am not finding him on the targets list, so his name escapes me at the moment. Oh, is this the one? Uh, AJ Beatty? Yes. Yes. Yeah, he, I mean, he looks like a guy that could be, you know, just, he, he kind of ri- reminds me of, uh, Raymond Vohashik, who we got in this class. A guy who could be a 3-4 end or kind of the rush linebacker in, in, um, in Bates, in Bateman's system. Um, definitely a guy that would probably not be an impact player from day one, but the type of guy that you would love to have around the program for four or five years. So I think if UNC can pull in two of the, uh, four and five star guys, as well as two guys who can be projects. I think you can look ahead to brighter days in the future and keep in mind, I mean, UNC did take some serious flyers on some guys in the defensive line for the 2019 class, uh, Chris or Christian Barner and, um, a couple others. So, you know, really you just kind of need that high end impact talent at the defensive line position. Yeah. Yeah, we've definitely seen North Carolina lose our share of battles on the Lions, and it's been, it looks like, due to a mixture of, you know, a lack of impact players and the coaching. But, you know, getting the players is definitely the first step. Absolutely, and that takes us, that takes us to our biggest bugaboo from the Larry Fedora era, recruiting linebackers. Um, Kyle Wright just left the program. He was a linebacker recruit, and we were happy to get a three-star guy who did not have any more Power 5 offers because he was listed as a linebacker. Uh, Kane Roberts, same deal. He was listed as a linebacker, played running back uh, when UNC had a spate of injuries there two years ago for his ACL and moved back to linebacker. He's no longer with the program. So UNC needs a ton of help at that position as well. Uh, they have Ethan West committed. Uh, Trenton Simpson is now a top 40 recruit in the country and he probably just in the same breath as Evans is a must get recruit for the Tar Heels. Yeah. Um, it seems like Simpson more so than Evans has been, you know, looking, uh, getting, looking seriously at the attention, increased attention he's getting with the, with his rankings going up, but he's a guy that UNC has been on forever. He, and like he's been to UNC a ton. It's he's the kind of guy you need to lock up if you're serious about recruiting. I think if you let a guy come essentially every month between November and April to campus and can't lock him up, that's a really bad look for the kind of rebuild that Mac Brown and Co want to do here. It's a bad look, and UNC was the first uh, school to really say, "Hey, we're looking at you exclusively as a linebacker." I mean, he was kind of a middling uh, recruit as a running back, but. Since uh, 247 changed his profile to linebacker, his ranking has just shot up. Um, Georgia and Auburn are still in the running. I think he's visiting Georgia this weekend, which I happen to know because uh, I do have a Georgia degree as well as my UNC one. Um, the heels need to keep him out of Athens, Georgia, <laughs> is pretty, pretty much the end of it. Um, unfortunately, he has kept moving his timeline back when we were kind of thinking he was going to be a headliner recruit going into the summer, but you never know. Maybe he uh, feels the pull of home and goes ahead and commits to the good guys. Um, who are some other linebackers that you have been monitoring? Um, I, I know there are a couple from out of state. Um, again, scrolling through here, not quite finding names, but um, this is great material. Again, uh, listeners, we are doing this on the fly. Um, I do think Jaquarius Conley, um, he, he is listed as a safety, but he's 
already 6'2", 200. I see him as an outside linebacker long-term. Do you think that's fair? Um, I, and kind of going back to what I said about running backs, it's easier to find defensive backs or guys who can end up at defensive back just because there are more people who are 5'10 to 6 feet and 180, 200 pounds than a guy with that kind of speed who could uh, play a little closer to the ball. Yeah, I, I can see that for sure. He's probably a little bit on the slight side for a linebacker, but um, I can I can see it happening as he like bulks up like naturally. I guess um, I will say that safeties and Jay Davis are like part of that kind of middle out uh, philosophy of his. If we're recruiting a guy as a safety, that to me it sets like a pretty big investment in their kind of football IQ and as well as their physical state. So I don't know about the guy that we're doing safety particularly as a linebacker. I do want to see, you know, a guy that's already with the program, Matthew Flint. I want to see him in action because he was a big, big-time linebacker recruit in last year's class that I don't know if he got playing time or if he did it was on special teams. I want to see him in action as well. And hopefully seeing some talent at the linebacker position that he went to that hasn't really been there for a while to get some of the guys that aren't getting a ton of press to UNC a little more. Yeah, and what you hope for is that, you know, they they play capably, but, you know, maybe fill a couple of the spots to where Bateman and uh, Tommy Thigpen and others can say, look, we've got a spot for you right here. You know, you can step in and be an impact player, you know, from day one if you're an early enrollee. Um, I know Antoine Sampa out of Virginia, he's – um seen his stock go down a little bit, but he was a five-star early on. Um, has a little bit of an affection for UNC because they were his first offer. A, a lot of the uh, crystal ball projections right now have him either at Clemson or Penn State, but UNC's still in the running there. And, you know, I, I guess kind of as an overarching theme, it is very impressive uh, how many elite guys that yeah. UNC has not Tampa. sniffed. In... Do what? Tampa uh, committed to LSU a couple of weeks ago. Did he really? Yeah. Well, this is why you uh, don't do podcasts with like 90 seconds of prep time, Akil. <laughs> um, I thought it sounded familiar. And send, send all of your complaints to at the realist JRL or the realist RJL on Twitter. Um, he is our complaints administrator and he will be happy to hear from you. Um, I guess we'll wrap this up just, uh, with the defensive backs. Uh, Roseman Sinclair and Lamarian James are already signed and sealed. A guy who's interesting to me, runs back over to Checkmate, is um, Desmond Evans' teammate. Who um, he, he was featured on the front page of Inside Carolina this week. I did not read the article because I did not want to let go of any uh, premium board information. But Jaden Chalmers, he uh, was the... Defensive back MVP of the uh, opening regional in Charlotte. Apparently not really a guy who has, you know, elite DB speed, but if you can get a guy like Chalmers and work on him and that helps with Desmond Evans, I'm all for it. Yeah. Um, you know, if they're, yeah, you know, a guy who's an MVP at the Charlotte regional, like that's, um, you know, you're playing against a lot of the top guys in your state. That's always good to have. And again, yeah, it, it helps with Evans. If there's any sort of, like, hint of a package, you know, 
Absolutely. Well, basically, I mean, we're looking at eight months till signing day. So, you know, th- this is just kind of an update on the class as it stands right now. Uh, Akil, I know we will be back to discuss some commits over the summer. But until then, um, what do you have to plug? And uh, obviously, what do you have coming to the site? Um, et cetera. Look out for the recruiting recap. Get us through the summer. Hopefully, our Olympic sports start doing well. Our Tennessee State is their elite eight. Absolutely. Well, as we record this, uh, we are watching to see if the Hornets get lucky and get Zion Williamson. And yes, I'm all for the Hornets getting a Duke player. You know, don't at me. But if you do want to at me, my Twitter is at Chad underscore Floyd. We uh, released Lineup Palooza 2019 with uh, Brandon Anderson and Al Hood this morning uh, talking about the machinations of the basketball lineups. We will eventually be back with uh, Joe Carpenter to argue about what the most important game on the football schedule is. And Bill Connolly's uh, UNC preview should be hitting as tonight is uh, Tuesday night, it should be hitting tomorrow morning. So I'm going to write a recap of his preview, which sounds like wasted bandwidth, but you can usually pick apart maybe a thing or two from Bill C., although he is the best in the business. Until then, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm just looking forward to seeing kind of what an outside perspective has to say about UNC because, you know, it has been mostly uh, driven by kind of internal dialogue from UNC Athletics, who has done a great job since the Mac Brown hire. He was surprisingly high on us last year, if I remember right. Based on that. And, you know, hopefully similar this year, anytime we have quarterback to take advantage of it. Yeah, um, he's definitely going to mention bad turnovers luck. Um, he's definitely going to mention bad scoring opportunity or missed scoring opportunities, which he defines as first downs inside the opponent's 40. Uh, UNC was pretty awful in that statistic. So he he's going to uh, point for a lot of uh, positive regression, I would project. Um, I need to slide into his DM, see if he wants to join me on the pod. But um, with that tease, Akil, I would say let's get on out of here and uh, we'll come back when Malik Hornsby and – Desmond Evans and Trenton Simpson commit to Carolina uh, tonight as soon as we hang up. Um, until then, y'all go ahead, download, subscribe, leave us a five-star review. It really helps us out. It helps us get esteemed guests. Like, not that uh, not that Akil is not an esteemed guest, but uh, somebody big like Bill Connolly uh, could get on the program if y'all are boosting our numbers. So please do that. Steal your wife's phone. Steal your girlfriend's phone. Steal your mother's phone. Steal your boyfriend's phone. Steal your son's phone, by God. Download the podcast on there. Until then, we will talk to you and go Heels.